Welcome to the Employee Safety Podcast from Alert Media. We provide business professionals with insights and ideas for protecting their people from the vast array of threats facing organizations today. Each week, you'll hear advice and best practices from an experienced safety leader. Here's your host, Peter Steinfeld. Hey there, I hope you're having a great week. Today, I'm joined by Scott Napier from Zendesk, a top-rated customer service software company that supports more than 100,000 customers worldwide. Scott has more than 20 years of experience, from the Army to the Smithsonian Museum and the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. As the current global systems and technology lead at Zendesk, Scott is the primary administrator for physical security and safety systems, which is a core component of keeping the company's people and assets safe. For Scott, the keys to success in his role are collaborating with his colleagues and developing insightful metrics to support his function. Let's get into the conversation. Hey, Scott, thanks for being here. Hi, Peter. Thanks for having me. Can you just tell us a little bit about your role at Zendesk? I know you've got thousands of employees around the world, so you probably have a ton of responsibilities. What do you do day to day? So I am the global systems and technology lead for Zendesk. I work in the global security and safety team, primarily on physical security systems. So I am effectively like the systems admin for all of our card readers and camera systems. Additionally, I handle project management for any sort of construction projects or decommissionings or any sort of real estate things where there's security systems that need to be added or moved or changed. I handle all the project management for those. On top of that, a little bit of a Swiss army knife where I sort of fill in Assist the security managers where they need it, assist the GSOC folks where they need it, help with training on the technical side of things for our whole team. So kind of a little bit of everything. Great. Well, when you first arrived at Zendesk, what was on your to-do list? (laughs) So when I initially got hired, I told my boss I was just going to sit back for a little while and see how things go, how things operate day to day. And very quickly, pretty much like day two, I think I had a list of two pages of things that I needed to start paying attention to. It was an interesting situation because I'm the first person in the company, I think in the history of the company that's ever done this particular role. And they were leaning heavily on external security integrators and contractors and that sort of thing to kind of manage the system before I got here. No, that's fantastic. And I think in a rapidly growing company, these types of things that you take care of just sneak up on people. You grow, you don't think about it, you have different systems, different buildings, and it takes someone like you coming in that has experience seeing the whole forest for the trees to really put a program in place. Yeah, and it's not just me. Like The entire physical security team has been growing the entire time I've been here, and there's been lots of that kind of putting structure in place and writing policies and coordinating with other teams to make sure our policies align with their policies changing procedures and that sort of stuff, just to make sure everybody's all working from one sheet of music. Yeah, no, that's super important. Well, specifically, what changes did you have to make and how did you prioritize them? Because I can imagine there were a lot of things to do. So one of the big things I saw was fairly large inconsistencies in naming from site to site and office to office. And the GSOC operators were having trouble kind of understanding the priority of if you had a server room called a server room one place and an IDF in another place and somebody else called it something else. Like there was no consistency on what it was. So they didn't understand if it was an actual priority. So having some sort of consistency in the naming of all of our doors, 
making sure the camera labels match the door names, that sort of stuff, making sure all of the alarm priorities when they come in are consistent based on the definition of what the door is. All of that stuff had to be changed. And why does that matter for operational purposes day to day? Why does that matter so much? How does that make things better? It makes it much easier for the GSOC operators to understand, okay, if it's a priority five alarm or a priority 10 alarm or whatever, they can visually see that. And we now have written definitions for all of those different things to say, this is what a critical alarm is. This is what defines a perimeter door, that sort of stuff. So that the GSOC is able to identify things and raise it to the right people much more quickly. As you think about going through all these things, what are some of the challenges that you faced in your role so far? There was a couple, actually. So one of the ones we're dealing with right now is metrics. The access control system we use is not designed really to generate metrics at all. And I found that with lots of different access control systems, that's not something they do very well. So we're trying to come up with ways to capture what we're doing with that system to sort of justify its use justify the expenses, annual licensing, things like GSOC operators and that sort of stuff. And we are right now in the middle of defining those metrics, building them, coming up with processes to keep them updated so it's not going to take you know a full-time role just to manage metrics. We can do it in some sort of repeatable way that makes sense and doesn't take a ton of time. What are some of the key metrics you like to measure? We want to be able to measure how fast an operator is seeing an alarm, reacting to that alarm, logging down what the cause was, investigating it, that sort of stuff. And that has been a real challenge to to kind of measure that time. I can imagine having that kind of insight can make your team more effective because they can identify where there's potential gaps, close them, make things better. But is there another benefit to having those metrics? Maybe when you're talking to leadership about getting more funding and things like that? Uh, Yeah, definitely. So Not just the alarm metrics, other like maintenance metrics, downtime metrics. We recently had a complete building power outage in one of our offices and suddenly realized that we had some battery issues that nobody knew anything about. So we didn't at the time have any of the data on any of that to take that to leadership and say, these are the reasons we need to improve our maintenance program. This is the dollars we think it would take. And this is the impact of not doing that. I can imagine this could be quite overwhelming to an organization as they think about all these different things they could be monitoring and measuring and watching. If you were to come into an organization that's just starting to get their hands wrapped around this, what are the top two or three things you would say to focus on and then gradually build out from there? First, you need to define who's going to be doing what. So you get an access control policy in place and you build out a racy chart to show who has what in that process and then stick to it and make sure you have an auditing policy in place to make sure everybody's sticking to it. And I know a lot of people want to start automating things like when fire alarms go off, they can see where it's coming from specifically. And, you know, when people scan in, but they forget to scan out, all that gets popped up in their face. Is that all things you would focus on later once you get your basic processes down? Yeah, I mean, some of that stuff, like fire alarms is a good one. So we have that set up where we get the normal alarms, but we also have those send emails and text messages and that sort of stuff. So if somebody happens to be away from their screen or you know whatever, it's still in somebody's face relatively quickly so we can get the right people moving. Yeah, that's a good point. As you think about investing in systems, it's good to not only have a central console that someone could be looking at, but frankly, a lot of organizations run on thin resources and the person that used to be able to sit behind the desk and watch things 
can't. They're like wandering around and doing other things these days. So they have to be notified on the go through like a mobile app or a text or an email. And it sounds like that should be a crucial part of whatever system you're looking at. It definitely helps, especially if you don't have a dedicated GSOC. If you've got somebody who's maybe getting up and doing, you know, roving patrols and then monitoring security systems as just a piece of his job, definitely having something mobile is hugely helpful. Yeah. Well, I know that Zendesk is really well known in the industry for being just this gold standard and exceptional customer service. So do you think about that in your role, being someone internal in the company? In other words, who are your internal customers and how do you go about keeping them happy? We do actually. And it's one of the things that the company is making sure that everybody stays customer obsessed, which makes a lot of sense. The global security team, my personal biggest internal customer is our workplace experience folks. And they handle all of the facilities, things day to day in each office. They handle reception, that sort of stuff. And the way our organization is structured, they're almost, no, not almost, they definitely are one of the first lines of defense for screening people as they come in the building making sure visitors get checked in properly, making sure everybody has the right badges. They're the ones that handle the issuing of access levels for people's badges and the day-to-day kind of operations in the building. So I spend a lot of time working with those folks, making sure they understand the system, helping them if they have problems, that sort of stuff. So you and your key team work from a centralized location, and then you've got these folks spread basically all around the world that are eyes on the ground. Is that basically it? Correct. How tightly do you guys work together? Is it like almost a direct reporting thing or is it more just you're supporting them? I'm definitely just supporting them. I talk to them on a daily basis, usually multiple times a day. And since I'm the only person in this role, I am kind of supporting 12 time zones. So I split my day very frequently where I'll get up early to catch the European folks or stay up late to catch the Asian folks. I have regular meetings, which with all of those different regions to make sure they have the support they need. We have regional security managers in each region that that are also doing the same thing and they're bringing stuff back to me if for some reason I was you know, not around or not awake at the time that somebody needed help. And our GSOC also does the same thing. Now, I can imagine that you have ideas about how things should be done. And that's almost in theory because you're back at headquarters or you know where you operate. But then you have these folks in the field that are actually seeing things in reality. How much do you take their input and solicit their feedback about what's going on in their world and then maybe adapt what you think should be the right thing to do to the reality on the ground? So that's kind of a two-way street. When we started growing this team and building out all these policies, the workplace folks came to us and said, look, this is the way we've always been doing it and we need somebody to put the structure in place and formalize things and get the whole team doing things in a standard way. So we worked together really, really closely to make sure that We had one cohesive policy that made sense to everybody. And we put clear delineations in because back in the in the days before I got here, there was a lot of fuzziness between what the GSOC did, what the workplace folks did in terms of handling access management and badging and that sort of stuff. And that is now all very well sorted out. Mm, That's a really good point. So as people think about having the central command, and then the boots on the ground, there needs to be a very clear delineation of who's responsible for what. And if not, it's kind of like chaos or different reactions every time. Yeah. And it leads to a lot of duplication. We have gone through and done a lot of badge audits in the last 18 months. I think we've deleted something like 8,000 records in the last 18 months that were expired or duplicated or 
some other reason they didn't need to be there. So it leads to a lot of mess. Yeah. Well, as you spent a lot of time at the company now, are there any exciting updates that you can share with us about something happening in the near future? So one of the things we like the customer obsession thing that we were talking about earlier, we have our own internal Zendesk ticketing instance that we use just for the security team. And we're looking at ways to build that out as a showcase for other security teams. So we're building like a metrics dashboard in there and that sort of stuff where we're trying to to make ourselves more like we recognize that we're a non-revenue generating piece of the puzzle. And we're trying to make ourselves a little more useful to the folks that are out there talking to customers and, and showing what we can do. Yeah, I can imagine having ticketing could help you identify trends so you can maybe perform better in the future by recognizing where things didn't perhaps go so well or identifying things that did go well and then duplicating them. And then on the other side, when you're going back to management and asking for budget, here you've got all this empirical evidence showing why your team is so valuable and what they're doing all day. Right, exactly. So we have like a lot of our critical alarms. We will have the GSOC operators generate tickets on purpose for this dashboard so that we have a way to capture that data consistently. As you look ahead to the rest of 2023, what's going to be your primary focus? We're going to keep trying to improve the consistency of our systems and our processes. And we are going to keep working towards this showcase piece with our ticketing instance and working with our advocacy teams to kind of show them what we have and using them as a resource to improve what we have so that the advocacy and sales folks could take that out into the world and say, here's what you can do with it if you're a security team. Oh, that's great. Well, I know Zendesk was not the first stop of your career, and you've got a very diverse background. Like a number of our past guests and a lot of listeners, your experience spans a great mix of public service, private enterprise. So how has that background impacted the way you think about and approach your current role? (laughs) It definitely shapes everything. So I have a lot of experience in the federal space, which is a completely different animal in a lot of ways. Like the speed at which you do things is different. The scale at which you do things is a little bit different. But this is going to sound a little funny for people who kind of look at the federal government from the outside and think it's just a a big gobbledygook mess. But there's actually a lot of structure there on the procurement and contracting and purchasing side of things that I have definitely taken forward into this role. Interesting. Like, give me an example, because a lot of people think, I don't want to bring that federal or local government bureaucracy into my private corporation, but what's beneficial from that? The documentation piece and making sure you have things like change orders and even the generating requests for quote, making sure that the scopes are well-written so that they're not coming back and getting four, five, six change orders. If I'm able to write a scope that makes sense the first time and they can give me a price that makes sense the first time, it's just better for everybody. It makes the budgeting easier. It makes the forecasting easier. It just makes it all a lot easier. That actually does make a lot of sense. It seems like in the private sector, especially a fast-growing organization, you just kind of shoot from the hip. It's like, yeah, we need some of those. We need some of that. And then all of a sudden, you have this hodgepodge of technology that doesn't work together. If you slow down just a little bit and think it through, like you said, write a very good, clear request for a proposal, request for a quote. You really articulate what your needs are. Work with vendors to help inform that. It could actually give you a better outcome. So I have regular meetings with our primary security integrators just to kind of go over what's going good, what's going bad, what we see might be coming up, that sort of stuff. Those are things I definitely learned along the way, and they definitely help. 
Well, as you think about that transition from public to private, is there any other advice you have for listeners moving from one sector to the other? Yeah, so it's it's definitely a mindset shift in terms of speed and there's obviously much less bureaucracy. So in my role now, if I have an idea, I take it to the boss. He says, okay, run with it and off I go. Instead of in the federal government, it's got to go through six, seven, eight people to get approvals and all that sort of stuff. Things are much, much quicker in the private world. Interesting. So did it take you a while to, uh, to adjust to that? To, to I'm see still that... adjusting to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Scott, thank you so much for your time today. It's just fascinating to hear about how the people and systems behind the technology work together to run a really safe and smooth operation. And I know Zendesk has always led the charge on seamless and engaging interactions. And it really seems like you embody that internally in the organization. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Excellent. Well, for more about Scott and his work with Zendesk, check the links in the show notes. While there, you can also subscribe to get the next week's episode delivered directly to your email inbox. We appreciate you following, rating, and reviewing the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Have a safe week, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Employee Safety Podcast from Alert Media the industry's most intuitive emergency communication and threat intelligence solution. To learn more about how to protect your people and business during critical events, visit alertmedia.com. Until next time.